Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome. My name's Aubrey Byer. And I'm Shaylin Smith, and you're listening to The, the Resolute. Resolute. So today's topic, I don't really have an opener today, um, So, but I'll explain how I, why I did this one when I did. I was, um, my sister and I are trying to get into better, like, life rhythms, mm. and one of them being waking up earlier and spending some time for yourself yeah. every day. Yeah. And um, there's a whole book on it out there. I tried. I, I cannot read self-help books. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I've tried. I've tried the Marie Kondo one. Yeah. I tried this one. It's called Miracle Morning. I can't. I can read like a tiny bit. Even um, like Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Like I'll read so much of it and then I'm like, all yeah, right, I, I think I got enough. I gleaned yeah. enough. Clearly yeah. not because I can't stick to any of them. But um. <laughs> The Miracle Morning book, it just talks about structuring your morning. You get up an hour earlier than you normally would, and then you structure that 60 minutes in smaller breakdowns of time, and you, um, the acronym is called SAVERS, and so the first, the S is for silence. You just spend some time like meditating or praying. Um, the A is affirmations. The V is visualization. So you go through a process of whatever that looks like for you of thinking about what you want your life to be. Yeah. Goals that you have and you just are visualizing those things. Um, The E is exercise. So you just, you know, 20 minutes, just hop on a treadmill, Mm -hmm. go for a brisk walk, that sort of thing. Um, The R is... That's when you stop reading the book. Save... (laughs) only got to the e (laughs) the r is reading so you you know spend 10 minutes or whatever reading and then the last s is scribing so journaling i like it i know all things i try to do on a daily basis too right and you just maybe not visualization but yeah and for me like i structured mine to what works for me you know i don't stick to like the that exact thing yeah. yeah And for me, like the visualization and or the affirmations and scribing go together because right. I'll do, I'll write them out as I'm journaling. Yeah. But I was looking up affirmations because I get really boring with affirmations yeah. and they're hard for me to say because um, it's just awkward talking to yourself like that. It really is. It, yeah. it, it is. Yeah. It, I think it just takes practice to it like does. say positive things to yourself. Absolutely. And so... I needed help. Yeah. (laughs) So I looked up, okay, what are some affirmations that I can be saying to myself? And um, an an affirmation popped up that was, what's funny is I don't have it written down with me in this moment, (laughs) but it was by um, Maya Angelou. Okay. And as soon as I read it, um, the reason I can't remember is because I went on this massive rabbit trail immediately after that right. on Maya Angelou yeah. and really just dove deep into, you know, I've never taken the time to know who she is. Right. I've never taken the time to really understand. My mom has quoted her my entire life and at my parents' house, she'll have um, little quotes of from Maya Angelou and I know she has a photo of her and I've never really taken the time to understand who is this person? Right. And she's always been very influential in my mom's life. And um, so 
it was really as soon as I started reading her first book that she wrote her her first autobiography I was just floored with her life story and her talent Mm. she is just a beautiful beautiful writer so um she's written many many poems she's written books she's written seven autobiographies the first is called why i know why the caged bird sings Mm. and that's her first young years through age 17 and um i can see why she needed to break her like she has accomplished a lot in her life and there's it makes sense why she had to break it you can't even tell it all yeah in in one book there's no way and her writing is so beautiful and she has such a unique gift of how do I describe this she feels more deeply and can express those feelings those deep feelings better than I think anybody I've encountered before okay and it's such a unique gift and hearing her voice things and the way she feels things is mesmerizing to say the least okay so um without further ado this is part one of Maya Angelou very nice and I'm going to start with several quotes from her that I absolutely adore and I will be bringing some of these into the gym as motivation (laughs) Um, here's a quote nothing will work unless you do yeah it's a classic. So true. It's so true. There's many people I'd like to share that with. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I feel that. Yep. Like, also maybe an entire generation of people. <laughs> or, or, not the millennials, right? Because uh, that's Mm-mm. me, but. <laughs> not the millennials. Okay. Um, do the best you can until you know better. Mm. Then, when you know better, do, do better. better. Yes. Oh, dang, that is a good quote. Isn't it? Dang, yeah. I like that. I do too. And it's also because it's like gives you the freedom to like, oh, okay, I can use what I have. I can do everything I have with what I have right now. Yeah. And then when I gain more or get better, I'll do even better. That that is a really good, yeah, because I I kind of, I don't know, you're talking about like um, improving your your morning mm -hmm. time and having like these the daily rhythm kind of a thing yeah i'm big into that um and i have been for a long time and i feel like yeah i just every day is like how can i do better tomorrow yeah not in a weird like girl boss self-help yeah kind of a side hustle way or anything like that but just yeah thinking about how do you want to live your life reflecting i think that's smart though you know are you living it did today look like how you want to live your life yeah if it didn't what are you gonna do about it kind of a thing yeah um and so just that idea of like i don't know yeah there is a freedom and like do with what you can with what you have right now and then as you continue to learn and grow then you can grow and mm-hmm. get better yeah but just so it's so valuable to yeah. just start and begin exactly know? like just because you don't think you can do something to its fullest potential yeah. doesn't mean you shouldn't try yeah you know? absolutely I've learned that making a living is not the same as making a life. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. That's so good. We may encounter many defeats, but we must not be defeated. Mm. People will forget what you said, 
People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That's Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I know. Yeah, I think about that constantly. One. I do too. All the time. Yeah. I'm like, I always want to make people feel nice to you too. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I hope, I imagine everybody does, but like, I, I think about that a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. How you treat people, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, Maya Angelou was actually born Marguerite Annie Johnson. And I always thought her last name was, because it's spelled L-O-U, I always thought it was pronounced Angelou until I listened to one of her books that she reads and she pronounces it herself as Angelo. So I was like, all right, I'm going with it. That's so funny. Um, but her name is Marguerite and she would go by a lot of nicknames as a kid, like Riti, which is so cute. Yeah. Um, Rita. Um, she knew she was in real trouble if she got Marguerite. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh oh. Uh oh, yeah, the full <laughs> what, name. Came something's out. wrong. Yeah. She was born in St. Louis, Missouri on April 4th, 1928, to parents Bailey Johnson Sr. He was, he worked for the Navy as a dietitian hmm. and he was also a doorman. Okay. And um, he was a black man and his, um, her mom was a white woman. Oh, wow. And so she was biracial. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That must have had quite some challenges. Yeah. Her mom's name is Vivian Baxter and she was a nurse. So I wonder if like maybe they met. Right. Through the military? I don't... I didn't... That old kind of classic, like, sweetheart yeah. kind of a story. Yeah. Like, maybe during... Uh, like, I don't know. Um, but I thought it was interesting, too, because he was a Navy, a Navy dietitian, but he was in St. Louis. But then... Right. That... He's not there long. Um, and so Vivian was also a card dealer and was known just to have been an absolute beauty just a stunning woman and uh their first baby born was maya's older brother his name is bailey jr and she and her brother all throughout her childhood were very very close they really really loved each other and really stuck by each other through many many different trials he was only a year older than her so they were also really close in age. We were just talking about that before we started recording. Yeah. We were talking about um, just how close, you know, our children are going to be in ages. Um, so Maya, Marguerite, acquired the name Maya. And this is the probably the sweetest nickname origin story I've ever heard. Because when her brother was little, he would say, he would call her my sister or Maya sister oh and the name Maya stuck that is really sweet (laughs) I love that I know all my nieces and nephews have nicknames like that like yeah it's just too precious it is yeah we still call my youngest sis yeah she's the only girl in the family we call her sis yeah (laughs) like a a lot of people call her sis (laughs) yeah it's cute um when Maya was three, her parents divorced, and it sounds like they just had a very tumultuous relationship, and I mean, they lasted four years about, but um, three or four or five years, and so the dad split, and he wanted to head out west, 
The mom stayed in St. Louis, and he sent these children at ages three and four alone by train to Stamps, Arkansas. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Well, they're okay. They had a destination. <laughs> I made it sound like it was just so random. Like they're just being sent off. <laughs> I know. Because you said that. Okay. No. I, don't, I guess so I, I can't visualize a map here, but like getting sent west, I'm like, he's going out to Oregon, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So, well, so, but he's, so, so he dips out and he's sending them to go live with his mom. And okay. her name was Annie Henderson. But a three and a four year old alone on a train, and I looked it up, and it's an eleven hour ride. Oh, that's how nowadays. Is, how do you? Are you allowed to do that these days? Like, not now. Have, well, no, because like on a plane, don't they have like the unaccompanied minor? And they have yeah, a but probably tag. not for like a three year old. There has to still not. be like a threshold. You'd think. But you know, <laughs> a long time ago, you could actually mail children through the U.S. <laughs> Postal Service. Ex- I'm I'm what excuse me can you imagine being like oh you want to go visit auntie and they put them in the mail they would how does this work they would put them them up in the horse horse and buggy kind of a thing (laughs) hang on I guess the opener to secret garden makes a lot more sense when you think about it that way the opening of the secret garden have you ever seen that one yeah no, I think she just got curried over there. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I guess it's like a career that's yeah. like for mail and people sometimes, I guess. But they, would, they could mail children through the postal service. <laughs> like it was Like you just legit. put a stamp on them? Like, I'm, like you I paid postage and it's that's, really, really that weird. That is so funny to me. <laughs> it's so weird. Can you imagine like, oh, hey. I just got a package in the mail the other day that didn't belong to me. Was it a child? No. <laughs> Thank God. Can you imagine? And so, but imagine, like, trusting. I know. That's, see, that's what terrifies me about just this you time know period. It's like these things, hmm. just sending these children off on an 11-hour train ride. Right. It's just like, ah. A lot of trust out there, yeah. It's a well, lot of trust. People, oh, no, I'm not going to say that. I don't know. I, I feel like there people care about children a lot more now in the sense of, like, they're humans yeah that's and, true no you're right you're right i do think like you know, children were often just we've talked like, about that like before yeah almost like yeah like they're not they don't have worth until they can work yeah essentially yeah. you know yeah <laughs> um so they move in with uh annie henderson okay which is their paternal grandma their grandma and annie had actually so this is during the depression and the early yeah. you know time of world war too right she surprisingly had done surprisingly because of the times had really done well for herself and the reason is that she was she was able to keep an income she was able to um just be pretty well off because she owned a general store Mm. and would sell necessities and then she could curtail the items in her store based on demand and that sort of thing and so she really was able to stay in business. She was Smart. able to provide a good life for herself and her grandkids. Yeah. And she also would invest back into the community. So if there was another, for instance, um, there's this dentist that later on, I don't really go into it later on, so I'll just tell the story now. But at some point, uh, Maya has this tooth that really needs to be pulled mm. it's like an abscess tooth oh gosh and 
she takes Maya to this dentist that she had funded. So he had taken out a loan with Annie. Wow. And um, he paid her back, but he didn't pay back the interest. Right. And so she tried to use that as leverage, you know, for him to see this child and pull her tooth out. And he wouldn't do it because he he would not... He said his he said that he would rather put his hand in the mouth of a tiger than put his mouth in the hand of a black person. Yeah. Oh my god. He said that to the woman that funded his Who enterprise. wouldn't be nothing uh-huh. without what a yeah. what a jag. And um it's just just terrible. So That's but so she up. like had invested a lot. So yeah. most of most of the time she got returns on her investments. In this right. case it doesn't sound like she did, you yeah. know. Um she like this woman's out here trying to create this like community. Like, I know. And then to not reciprocate that back. That's just crazy to me. I know. Not that it's like, you know, it's not like a matter of like, hey, I got you now because you got me later, right? Yeah. Which it's like, like that can be fine. But yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. I Love know. that. Yeah. So that's definitely the climate of the time. Yeah. Um, Annie was really tall and known as being kind of a quiet, soft-spoken woman. But uh, Maya mentions that in church she would there was always this one song that she would sing and she always acted surprised when the pastor asked her to sing it even though Maya knew that she'd been practicing the week before Aww, <laughs> it's yeah. just cute because she's yeah. like oh me oh me <laughs> and she would go up and sing this song and in uh, one of the interviews that I watched of uh Maya Angelou she sings part of this song and it's just this soulful um, just a really beautiful, beautiful song. And she remembers it to this day. She has an incredible, incredible memory. And uh, Maya says that the Annie's voice would carry so loud and it would rattle the windows because she just could belt it yeah. out, even though she was normally kind of quiet. Right. Which I thought was just sweet. Um, the other person, main person in her life, and the father figure throughout her life really was her uncle Willie and her uncle Willie was a crippled man. He had a bad, I think maybe he had a stroke at some point. Cause she describes in her book, like his half of his face would droop. Right. And on that same side, he had a bad leg right. and he had to use a cane on that side. And he was a very like stoic man. He was a very kind man and really loved both of those kids he never had children of his own. Yeah. And he loved Bailey and Maya as if they were his. There's um, a story that she tells of one day she comes into the general store and he worked there with his mom and this white couple came in and he, Maya was thinking, what is it? he's standing weird because he was standing like perfectly upright and normally he kind of hunched and she couldn't see his cane anywhere and he like just stood you know he had a stutter to his trouble speaking but he like spoke as clearly as he could she said that he she could see like sweat forming on his brow and just that he was clearly really struggling to like maintain this posture yeah. and as soon as the couple left he like almost collapsed and like went back over to his cane 
that he had hid behind something Hmm. and then used it again and that later on she speculated that maybe just for that moment he just wanted to feel like a upright normal person you know (laughs) maybe like just sad hearing that yeah but i i just can only imagine being a black person in that era in any era but you know especially everything was very very segregated still right and Maya mentions there were entire everything was so segregated in the area she grew up in that there were communities of black people whose children had never seen a white person. Wow. Because they could not there was no mixing. There was no mixing. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I've never thought about that before. I hadn't either. So here's um, a poem that she wrote about. This is just a little section of the poem. I quote her a few times throughout this because her writing is just really moving. But this is what she wrote about Uncle Willie. Willie was a man without fame. Hardly anybody knew his name. Crippled and limping and always walking lame. He said, but I keep on moving. I'm moving just the same. Solitude was the climate in his head. Emptiness was the partner in his bed. Pain and cold in the steps of his tread. He said, but I keep on following where the others led. Did put the dentist in there. <sighs> just makes me so mad. It's, yeah, that's just so oh. disturbing. I don't understand people like that. I know. And you have this child who is in incredible pain. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I know. You have the ability to help somebody. Why would yeah, you Yeah, and he could have right then it? and there. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, we'll move on from that. <laughs> just like, I, like, realized I did put it in there just later on. So, okay, really quick. They're at um, their father's mother's home growing up. Yes. Why didn't they stay with their mother? Do you know? Nope. Okay. I think she was what I, what I gathered... Now, I haven't finished the rest of her. She has seven autobiographies. I haven't finished the rest of them yet. Um, so that might be illuminated um, right. in our next episodes. But what I've gathered is that she was living a lifestyle that kids made a hindrance for her. Right. And I think with them getting divorced, it was easier, you know, it's... It's hard in any day and age to be a single mom, I think, particularly for her and the lifestyle she was leading. Well, and too, like, yeah, that was the Great Depression era, too, you said. So that, you know, financially, that Mm -hmm. might just be, that'd be plenty reason to send your kids somewhere where they could have everything they needed, you know? Yeah, that's true. So with uh, four years later, so they've grown up here four years now. So Maya's now seven and Bailey's eight. Their dad, with no heads up, doesn't write a letter saying he's coming, just shows up out of the blue. Okay. They haven't seen him in four years. Oh, my gosh. And he shows up and decides to take the kids to Saint, back to St. Louis to live with their mom. What? Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It is really heartbreaking. That's and really heartbreaking. The way she describes just how awful this move was for her 
is it will it'll make you cry it's really really sad and she was so young seven years old and she really grew to love like uncle willie yeah was her father figure it was very loving home they it was definitely an era where they were getting whip you know getting a whipping for um misbehaving for sure but um that's not to say there was you know there was a lot of love in that home and um so they go to and move in with vivian and at the time vivian had a new boyfriend his name was freeman and freeman lived with her and maya describes how he didn't work he was just kind of this mooch you know and he would wait in this chair for vivian to come home every single day he hardly said anything to the kids throughout the day he would just sit there waiting for her to come home and as soon as she came home he would like jump up and he'd be all lively and it was very super so confusing for the children because they're like okay like like, who's this guy yeah why is he this way yeah and um yeah he just he's he is an absolute monster um they she just didn't know it yet so um he really wanted nothing to do with the kids other than just waiting for vivian to come home as soon as she would come home the kids would be excused to bed almost immediately so they rarely really saw her and and poor bailey like her brother it's everything is just as rough on him and um you know he as soon as he like saw his mother again he was just instantly just loved her and he thought she was the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen and he just had nothing but like this big open child's heart full of love for her and uh so this was hurtful you know to not even want to be seen or spent time with by their own mom yeah at this point um so freeman ends up really horribly abusing maya when she's seven years old and he tells her that if she tells anybody if she tells anybody he he says you love your brother right and she says yes and he said i'll kill bailey if you tell anyone that is awful i know that is horrific i know and because and you believe it i mean he's he's a grown man he's a grown man yeah he's just harmed you like you he is capable of it you know and she fully believed that he would that that if she said anything that he would kill her brother that is just so upsetting i know gosh wow it's it's horrendous so she kept her mouth shut yeah and um a few days after this her mom finds out because she finds evidence wow she sees evidence and she's what happened to you you know asking and immediately police the mom handles this all exactly as it should have been handled good um police are involved they arrest freeman he spends 
guess how much time he spends in jail for they go to they do like a trial and everything and is maya he, has to go and testify against this is man he a white man or a black man i am not sure i feel like that plays a big part that does play a big part, part. so if he's white probably not even a day <laughs> well <laughs> that sounds horrible he but. must maybe he was white because he spent one day in jail he's one day i'm disgusted and i know she mentions it in her book i'll have to um i'll mention that on the next episode because okay. i know she mentions it and i i just can't remember right now but he spends one day in jail and um you know she because of the trial she had to say Mm-hmm. that he had done yeah. this and of course they're not believing her you know they're contradicting everything that she's saying well if he had done this then why didn't you tell anyone you <laughs> know it, right like, away literally a child yeah. oh my god it's the manipulation that they use on her is awful um but he does get convicted and spends one day in jail and is released on parole and four days after that he turns up murdered Yep. Well, so if if uh, your justice system can't provide mm-hmm. justice, sometimes uh, people provide justice, yeah. right? Yeah, and they never find out who who did it, but um, the general consensus is that it was it was her uncles, because she had she had a couple uncles. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know. It's like I mean, murder is awful, but right. it's also like, yeah. <sighs> Because a person That's, who is willing to do something oh like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's going to happen again. Oh, yeah. They would, they're not going to stop, you know? No. Or... No. Wow. So um, when Maya had heard, wow. she had overheard the adults talking about it, that um, he had been murdered, she fully believed that it was her voice that had killed him. She believed that because she spoke yeah. up, you know, she because she said, that's what killed him. And she stopped talking. And she, like, her, her mom tried, like, everything to get her to talk. Um, nothing would get her to start talking. And she becomes mute for almost five years of her life that is so heartbreaking it's really heartbreaking um this is a quote from one of her interviews i was a volunteer mute i had a voice but i refused to use it when i heard about his murder i thought my voice had killed a man and so it wasn't safe to speak wow after a while i no longer knew why i didn't speak i simply didn't speak wow that is like that's so traumatic it's really it's so much trauma yeah and directly after this within the same time frame same i don't even think it was an entire year her mom sends the kids back to go live with annie so their dad shows up whisks them away moves them over to the to their mom's house where Maya gets horribly abused. Yeah. The abuser gets murdered. Oh, my gosh. She thinks it's her fault and then gets whisked back as if, oh, poof, just, yeah. oh, That's gosh. really, oh, my gosh, that's so sad. It's, it's like really so sad. infuriating that they went right back 
to the place that was like so safe and it's like they didn't even have to it's like why did you leave at all i know oh so um some of the things that resulted from her silence was she became an excellent observer just watching the world around her watching how people talk to each other how they treat each other noticing things that you just normally don't pay close enough attention to yeah she also became an avid reader um her favorite writer was shakespeare Hmm. but uh, she and bailey loved reading shakespeare together but they didn't ever want to tell annie who they called mama they called her mama um they didn't ever want to tell her because he was a white writer yeah and mama was big on you know like you support your own. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so I funny. know so they would like they would like, quote it but they would like change the Shakespearean quotes yeah. to ones that they were hoping Annie wouldn't pick up on right like, that's such a sneaky like kid thing to it's do you so know? yeah that's sweet um <laughs> there's one point in the story where um she and her brother it was under duress but she they're speaking to each other in pig latin in front of grown-ups thinking like the grown-ups won't understand but it was really sweet but also like disheartening yeah but um so the other thing is during her years of silence she really developed her incredible memory so when you read her autobiography i mean the detail i i have a really poor memory of a lot of things and um it's not until I'm talking with my sisters and like one of them will tell a story and I'm like oh my gosh I totally forgot about that like there's so many things I just don't remember at all and it's incredible to me the detail and just all all these things that she is able to put into words and descriptions is fascinating oh man that's like oh I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I know. Makes me so sad. I know. It's the book will make you cry. Yeah. More than once. Yeah. <laughs> um so she does what finally starts to get her to speak is she started to develop a deep love for poetry. And one of there was a woman in her life at the time named Mrs. Flowers. And Mrs. Flowers, uh Maya just thinks is the most beautiful sophisticated woman she's ever seen and um mrs flowers like invites her to come and spend some time with her and is you know introducing her to more poetry and things like that and she tells maya you know you do not love poetry not until you speak it and she's flowers and it worked like she started she started speaking it and she started saying the poems out loud mm-hmm. and um, through Mrs. Flowers, many more and new and exciting authors were introduced to her mm. and she finally like broke her out of her shell and her wow. silence. That's really, I know that's such a, what a, wow. Like what a feat. And what know? a gentle yeah. approach, you know? Yeah. I just love that. So their mother, Vivian, moved to Oakland, California. And when they were 14 and 15, Maya and Bailey moved to go join her. Now this, 
I don't, I don't know if that was by their choice or what exactly. Um, but they move, they moved to California and Maya, their dad is also in California. And at some point he takes her on, he has this girlfriend. He's, he's had a couple wives since Vivian. Okay. And at one point he has this wife who's just atrocious and she's a horribly jealous woman, jealous of the kids, jealous of any amount of like attention that he shows the kids at all, which that is so, I, I hear that. I've heard that many times about like step parents that Mm -hmm. act that way. It is so bizarre to me. I cannot imagine. I, yeah, it's so important. Like, for children to be in a safe place and it's so it really is i i don't know how people do it but it's like it's just hard to know how people are going to behave around your children because i think too there's a weird issue where adults well everybody wants to feel powerful it's very easy to feel powerful when you're in charge of children which is it, you, you'd think that I know what kind like, of power is that right but Not you're a right lot. you're right though people that feel powerless yeah or have really low self-esteem they take it out on children yeah because that's they feel you're right like they feel a sense of it's power an easy thing to do yeah yeah and i think awful. probably like throughout history i think we kind of mentioned this earlier but like well like children i don't know children weren't their own people this I feel like that's a new phenomena. Yeah. Recently. And it's even like I feel like a lot of people still don't treat children like yeah. you know, people mm-hmm. uh, in and of itself, you know. Yeah. Um anyway, yeah. So it's but it's hard. So it's just hard for to find people who you can trust to be good to your children. You yeah. Know? It's like, true. Because you just never know you what's don't. going on when you're not there. Oh, which is like, you don't want to think about it, but you know, Gosh. and then too, it's, oh, it's like you mentioned earlier with like, if you tell anybody, I'll kill your brother kind of mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. Like, obviously it's not to that extent most of the time yeah. with children, but there is, you know, I don't know. There's just an element of that at play. Like it's yeah. so easy for that to become an element at play. Yeah. Like, well, you better not tell anybody, you know. Like, or all. And yeah. how scary. And, and your child. You believe yeah. adults because and she, uh, you have no reason believes not to. that something like that can happen now because then he dies. Right. She thinks, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that even furthers, like, I have to imagine that would further her, like, Belief in, position. like, the power yeah. of saying something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So the terrible terrible stepmom i'm not even going to name her cuz she's the worst oh, gosh um so they lived um the area in california that they lived in it, well in oakland sometimes um the i think the dad lived maybe a little farther south but he would drive to mexico to get special groceries and the wife was always like, oh, yeah, my husband, you know, he goes and gets our tortillas from Mexico and like, took this <laughs> okay. great pride in her husband doing that. All right. And um, That's super so fun. on one of the trips, he asks Maya if she wants to go with him. And she is absolutely thrilled. Okay. She's 15. 
she's never been to Mexico. Yeah. And her dad wants to spend time with her. I mean, that's so exciting, you know? So they drive down there. They have a, you know, totally fine drive down. The stepmom is not invited. And she's not happy about it. Uh (laughs) And I know. (laughs) I'm just not happy about it. So they go down there and her dad goes to this party, this bar that he clearly frequents all the time. There's dancing. Um, She's 15. Remember her age. Yeah. And she's in there and she can't find her dad for a minute. And is looking everywhere for him. And then she starts to get really scared because she's starting to realize the circumstance that she's in. She's in a different country. She doesn't, she does speak part of the language, um, but she doesn't know anybody. She can't drive. Yeah. She can't find her dad. And then she finally finds him and he is trying to negotiate a bridal arrangement for her. I knew that was what And you were this say. guy was going to pay her dad for her. Are you kidding me? What the That's f- why he brought her down there. Not for quality time with her because he was trying to sell her off. And what is this man into? Like, he's is terrible. he into drugs or something? Cuz that's I that's wonder, what I do wonder. Who are on drugs yeah. do. You know what I, I know. mean? Like oof. I know. And he was a dietitian for the Navy. I'm so disturbed. Proof that you can't trust anyone. Anyone, <laughs> anyone. right? You think our servicemen, they're exactly who you can trust. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, nada. You can't trust nobody, regardless of their title. I know. So, uh, he ends up getting, like, passed out drunk. Gosh. And he's in their the car that they had, and so... She tries to drive them home. She's never even driven a car before. And because she's terrified that she's going to get left down there with this man that that is trying to buy her. (laughs) I'm so And she crashes the car on the way back. And thankfully, like, they were all okay. And she just kind of played it off like... I was trying to like take care of my drunk dad and everybody like sympathized with her, which was great. Wow. Finally. Yeah. And so she does get back, you know, makes it back home safely. And this whole time, the stepmom thought that he was going down there to get, he had told her that he was going down to get some food. Are you for real? And when he shows up days later with no food, she is livid. The stupid woman. (laughs) She she just like loses her mind at him and they get into this huge fight. The dad storms away and in the fight, you know, she's like saying about how dare you spend time with her when you should be spending that time with me. And um, at one point, Maya decides to go and try to reconcile and just say, you know, um, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to come between you, that sort of thing. And then, what does she say? Um, anyway, the the stepmom says something terrible about Maya's biological mom. And <laughs> Maya slaps her. Good. Because she just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And the woman grabs a hammer and stabs her in the stomach with the pointy end. 
Oh. Which Maya didn't realize at first because she was like trying to like bat her off, you know? Oh my God. And so as she was walking away, she looked down and saw some blood on her arm. And she thought, she thought that she had had like a cut and she, there was like no cut there. And she was like, what is going on? And so then she reached, sees, feels something like dripping onto her pant leg and reaches down and she's bleeding from the stomach. So her dad sees it, sees the wound. And instead of taking her to a hospital, he takes her to to Mexico. Oh no. No. I would be like, bro. Oh gosh. No, but he takes her to like the home of somebody that, owes him a favor or whatever because he didn't want anybody talking about how about he didn't want rumors wife. about his crazy wife getting out are you kidding me isn't I'm that like, terrible way to protect your children yeah. people my well, god protector i mean he just tried to sell her right you know? yeah he don't care about that yeah, that's just, just terrible wow and so that's this is her life up until age 16 I this is what she's been going furious through. i know i'm so mad right now i just wish they had stayed people? with yeah with their with their grandmother grandmother that is like so upsetting because like i can't, I, just can't. <laughs> I know it's infuriating it's like oh gosh and every chapter of this book you're just thinking what more yeah what more well and like well, i guess i guess maybe the woman didn't know that this guy was married or like had children previously i d- well okay that's a good i'm glad you mentioned that because he told her he told this woman i guess he was banking on the fact that he'll, he would never see his kids again but he told this woman that his kids were eight and nine what? and they were and they 15 were and 16 i don't know well okay so but still though like that shouldn't change much because if you're gonna be like annoyed about having stepchildren then leave. they're gonna be gone soon yeah. too right that or like age. yeah but like yeah if you are gonna enter into a relationship with somebody who has children that they see occasionally or not at all you gotta be okay with being around those children though like you yeah. can't yeah i just don't fathom like it's not you know i know <laughs> it's just I know. <laughs> I'm screaming I know. inside and outside. I know exactly how you feel. Why, yeah, like, if you're going to enter into that kind of a relationship, why, why be like that to the children? I just don't get it. Gosh, that's I don't rotten. understand. And it's not like... It's so selfish. You don't have to pretend that you're their replacement, you know, parent figure, but... But you could be a good person. You could be a good person. You What's don't have the, to be What a was jag. one of her quotes at the beginning? Like, people will forget what you said. Mm-hmm. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. While in California, now she's back with her mom. Her mom noticed that she would skip school and got on her about it. And was just like, one, the school would call the mom to tell her. Right. And... Um, she told Maya, I want to at least know before someone else tells me. Right. Like, at least be honest with me. And what, if you're not going to school, what do you want to do? And what she really wanted, this is so cute, but what she really wanted to do was be a streetcar conductor. She loved their uniforms. Yeah. And it just looked like such a crisp and proud job to have. And so her mom helps her get a job 
and she became the first black woman that was a street conductor in wow. San uh, in San Francisco. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That's really sweet. I know. Looks it's, like mother came around. It's finally yeah, being try, finally trying to, I don't know, do something. Yeah. Um, but not for long because then <laughs> great. Her mom leaves for Alaska to open up a nightclub. And that seems like the worst place to open a nightclub. <laughs> you were in California, but, but bro. it's always night there. <laughs> oh my god, twenty four seven nightclub, baby. The party never ends. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. Good marketing. <laughs> uh, never mind, I've changed my no, mind. That, is, that, is, that does seem very random. So like, wasn't just what our last no two episodes ago? What's <laughs> about Wrangle Island <laughs> let's open up a nightclub obviously it's not like that all over Alaska but I don't know that's just really funny to think about it is funny okay well goodbye mother <laughs> yeah so she, at least she got her a job I guess I guess um during this time Maya gets pregnant at age 16 oof that's so rough know. and she doesn't tell anyone oh. her mom's gone She's left with her stepdad and Bailey. She tells Bailey about her pregnancy. Okay. She tells her brother. She and her brother throughout their lives, really, um, throughout their young lives, would tell each other everything. So uh, she tells Bailey about her pregnancy. And then she writes a note and leaves it on, um, leaves it for her parents. It says, dear parents, I'm sorry to bring this disgrace upon the family, but I am pregnant. <laughs> I'm Maya, sorry, that's like I know I it's so like it's like like she couldn't voice yeah. it face to face. Right. That was the only I get it. The only way that she felt yeah she could say it. Um, but she mentions she had a super short labor, a really easy birth. Wow. Um, the baby was a super easy little baby, mm-hmm. and she was initially terrified of him in the sense that. She was so scared that she would accidentally hurt him. She yeah. was so scared that she would crush him in his in her sleep, you know, which I remember feeling Same, that way too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just carrying a yeah. new baby. You're like, this is the worst thing I could possibly do right now. Yeah. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so the mom had come home and she was trying to help her navigate being, wow, a, you know, young, very yeah. young single mom. She's 17 years old wow. at this point. And... Uh, at first, Maya didn't want the baby sleeping in her bed because yeah. she was mortified that she would crush him. Yeah. And the mom was like, nope, we're doing this. And like wakes um, Maya up in the middle of the night quietly and tells her, look at the baby. And at first she's like frozen because she's like scared that she's there's like, going to be something like, what did I do? Wrong. Yeah. But then she Aww. says that she just hears in her mother's voice that it wasn't something urgent, you yeah. know. And she looks over at the baby and he's just sleeping peacefully, like nestled up next to her. And um, this is a quote from her mother, which I really loved. And she said, uh, you don't have to think about doing the right thing. If you're for the right thing, then you do it without thinking. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the part of her story where we're going to leave off for part one. Dang. I know. That's a lot. (laughs) I know. It is a lot. (laughs) It is. Your, that's your face right now with your tears is exactly me like that entire book. Um, I gotta go read this book, man. It's, it's incredible. This is amazing. I highly recommend reading it to everybody. 
I know why the caged bird sings. Read it. Um, I want to end with a poem by Maya Angelou. This poem was playing at Greenwood Rising in Oklahoma when I went to um, Tulsa and went to that memorial. Um, If you are new to the podcast and haven't heard some of our previous episodes, I talk about that in a couple of them. But Greenwood Rising is um, a uh, incredible museum and awareness center on this awful massacre that happened in Tulsa in the 20s. And this poem was playing and I didn't realize until put including it in this podcast that it was by Maya Angelou. Oh wow. I I just heard it right. playing yeah. as we were going throughout the museum. And then as I was reading, I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Wow. Um the poem is called I Still uh, Still I Rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still, I'll rise. Did you want me to, or did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Can't you take it awful hard? Or don't you take it awful hard? Because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me down with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from the past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping wide. Welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise. I rise, I rise. Oh my gosh. Isn't that incredible? That is incredible. And that is, yeah, that's a taste well, of... Already, <laughs> just already. I mean, I don't know. I've definitely heard of, uh, it's Maya Angelo, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, I wonder if I said it right the first time. I don't remember, but um, I've definitely heard of her before, but yeah, I haven't ever looked into yeah. anything so even just to hear this small tidbit of like the beginning portion of her life is just like that's a lot to go through yeah, for a person and then on top of that to now be a 17 year old with a child mm-hmm. that's how old my mother was when I was born oh, wow yeah just that's a hard thing to do and I always think about it especially being a mother now yeah how old am I 29 <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I just can't imagine like that is such a struggle what a challenge <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can I can't imagine I know and by yourself like without um you know the father or a partner or something yeah um, and with everything else that's against her uh, yeah in just her already life. in life yeah. yeah like wow that is such a hard hard thing to do so yeah. 
you know, shout out to anybody who can make it through that because that's a struggle, you know. It like, is. I mean, look at her own parents. Like, they couldn't even I know. pull through, you know. I mean, they had their moments. They yeah. They had their weaknesses as well. Dad. Chicken. <laughs> What a what a dude. Gosh, anyway, seriously, wow, amazing. Yeah, so stay tuned. Uh, part two will be coming out next week. I'm excited to hear more. I know. <laughs> That's like just yeah, yeah. All these characters in history, you've heard I know. their name. It's exciting. What are they about? I, I know. don't know. I love it. This it's is exciting great. to discover them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing, Aubrey. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. <laughs> We hope you guys enjoyed, and you can find us anywhere that you find podcasts. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com. We've got um, options on there and Spotify. Yeah. Uh, share us with your friends. Continue listening, and we hope you come back for more. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.